Wow. Hold on. Uh, let me spit out my gum really, really quickly. Wow. Um, wow. I'm watching the NFL honors. I really had a lot for this podcast planned, but uh, I started to watch the NFL honors. I try not to watch award shows because they're always disappointing and they always are too long and they always suck the NFL honors. I always think it's like an hour long and then I watch it and then I'm like, why is this two hours long? Um, saw who got into the hall of fame today, a fucking referee for some stupid fucking reason over and Twitter is having an absolute meltdown. Richard Seymour and what, what was his name? Bryant Young got in over to Marcus Ware. What? And over Andre Johnson, Steve Smith Sr. wasn't even like a final, a final, uh, a finalist on the ballot. So I knew he wasn't going to get in. Steve is a Hall of Famer, not a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, or at least he should have been. Tory Holt got Tory Holt got snubbed again. Is Reggie Wayne up, or is he already a Hall of Famer? Like it's weird. It's like the two wide receivers that played with Peyton, like they're all obviously Hall of Famers, but they. Are they even in the Hall of Fame? Like, it feels like we do this every single year. Hold on. Reggie Wayne, HOF. Is he a Hall of Famer? Tory Holt. I think... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody has, like, the actual group of finalists. Tory Holt, Demarcus Ware. Is Reggie Wayne, Wayne in it? Yeah, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne. I I have a hard time enunciating. Reggie Wayne again. Devin Hester. They all just got snubbed, right? Rondé Barber, it looks like. Oh, my God. It's like the dumbest thing. They did it again. Like, there needs to be a serious conversation about how bad the NFL is at putting in guys and players that honest to God deserve it. I'm actually speechless. I like, I literally like Zach Thomas again, got snubbed. It blows my fucking mind. It really does. I, I absolutely have no, I, 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 I don't get it. I really, really don't. I really don't. I really don't. And everybody's just like, literally, every single guy that, like, I don't even know who, like, a fucking referee got in. What? How the fuck does a referee get in? A referee gets into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? What? What? I didn't even know that was possible. I think he's the first. I'm like, how does a referee get into the Hall of Fame? Over to Marcus Ware? You know, it's funny. Everybody tells me every single, like, I think the Hall of Fame should be way more inclusive, right? Because everybody says to me, and the reason why I say way more inclusive, I feel like guys should just bang, bang. It should be quick and easy, right? Because way too many people say things like, well, it's an exclusive club. You got to be really, really specific. And the guidelines, they're never correct, right? Because it's supposed to be an exclusive club. Sorry, referees shouldn't be able to get into the Hall of Fame. 
It's just that simple. Especially with what's going on now. No. No mas. No referees. Kickers are barely getting in. And it's really only Adam Vinatieri and maybe like one or two other guys. A referee fucking got in? And you know, the funny thing is, it's just like, as I was watching the introductions, I was just like, DeMarcus Ware, I, I saw Emmett Smith came in, and then I think Emmett Smith introduced the referee, and I was just like, that's so fucking dumb. Because I thought that it was going to be DeMarcus Ware, because obviously DeMarcus Ware, former cowboy, Emmett Smith, one of the greatest cowboys, if not the greatest cowboy of all time. None of these guys are better than Andre Johnson, Steve Smith Sr., DeMarcus Ware, and Zach Thomas. They're not. I just realized that. I'm like, none of the guys are better than them. Not Richard Seymour. Not Butler. Tony Baselli is the first Jacksonville Jaguar to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. That just seems like a participation trophy to me. Because he's not better than Steve Smith. As like a player at his position. Steve Smith is one of the greatest wide receivers in the last 20 years. You know what's funny? The Hall of Fame sure does seem to devalue the wide receiver position. It took T.O., one of the greatest receivers ever, like two or three years, to get in. Randy Moss, we were kind of like, we were kind of shaky on. It took, oh my God, the original 88 Drew Pearson of the Dallas Cowboys, like 40 years almost to get in. It's ridiculous. The class of 2022 is an utter joke. It it really is. It really is. Utter joke. Absolute garbage, dumpster fire, fucking joke. The NFL failed once again. I'm not surprised by it. I'm not super angry about it. It's just like, whenever people say stuff like, um, whenever people say things like, uh, like Ian Rappaport tweeted out like great class. I'm like, really? Really? This is a great class. Jesus Christ. I I just don't understand it. Like everybody, like there's one tweet that I'm going to read out for you where a guy's like, I thought the Hall of Fame was about the best player and the best stats and the best player at that position. Zach Thomas is better stats and better records than your last two linebackers that went into the Hall of Fame, and I put his stats up against Ray Lewis. I don't get that at all. I don't get it. I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand it. DeMarcus Ware, one of the greatest last 10 years. I I really don't understand it. I really don't. Also, help me out with this one. It's still going on live, by the way. I'm still watching it live. Help me out with this one. How does Mike Vrabel win head coach of the year? Like, everybody, like if the Chiefs didn't screw up their one seed, if um, and if the Bills didn't, like, the Titans, they would have, like, the Titans, they got the one seed. But I thought to I thought to myself, I was just like, the Titans don't deserve the one seed. And then they got destroyed by the Bengals. 
Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, won coach of the year over Sean McVay, Bill O'Brien, and Matt LaFleur. And I'm like, they're all better coaches. Some of them, like Bill Belichick, working with far less than Mike Vrabel. And Sean McVay is in the Super Bowl. Like, what? I know that some, before people say, well, uh, 24, uh, uh, the, like, what? Wait, 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 wait. I just got some of the results. Mike Vrabel got 36. This is a fucking joke. Who votes on this shit? Mike Vrabel got the majority. I mean, obviously he got the majority of the votes. Mike Vrabel got 36 votes. Matt LaFleur got eight. Rich Basacci got three. Zach Taylor got two. Bill Belichick got one. It looks like Sean McVay didn't get any votes. He's in the fucking Super Bowl. What? Zach Taylor was off for it as well. I didn't even realize that, but I don't I don't consider him a great coach, but what? I I I really don't understand that. I I really don't understand that at all. Oh my god. It's just a it's just an absolute joke, the NFL honors. God. The Hall of Fame joke. Not the Hall of Fame process. The process to get into the Hall of Fame by way of the Hall of Fame voters. Absolute joke. Absolute joke. Coach of the year joke. God man. I mean, I know this is an award show and this is why I don't watch award shows. I don't watch the ESPYs, the the Emmys, the Oscars. I don't watch any of this shit. And the only reason why I'm watching this is kind of it's for the Super it, not the Super Bowl, for the Hall of Fame and for the MVP and it looks like Aaron is about to win it. Hold on. No. I don't I don't know what's going on. They're bringing out Jimmy Kimmel now. Oh my god. This is so annoying. God. It's like the most frustrating thing. It's not the most frustrating thing ever, but it's just, it's so fucking annoying that this is like the annual tradition of like watching how the NFL network screws this up completely. Anyways, um, I don't really have a lot prepared tonight because I'm just sitting here watching the NFL network and their absolutely disastrous award show. Um, Oh my god. That really, really pissed me off. Like I I didn't even refer to my notes before I just pressed live. Like, let's go live. Let's talk shit about the NFL network. No, um I actually do have some stuff planned. Not a lot, but a little bit. We're gonna talk about some of the players that are in the uh in the the combine here. We're kinda gonna just scroll through and we're gonna kinda look. I'm really excited to actually talk about it. We're also going to talk about Lewis Riddick, Kadarius Tony potentially moving on from the Giants. Potentially. Rumor has it. Probably not, though, but I want to address it. And then Deflategate. I meant to cover this early on in the week, but because of much delay, I did not get to the disaster that is Deflategate. Also, by the way, can we talk about how big of a disaster the NFL has been this like past week and a half? Where they've had the Brian Flores lawsuit... 
Then they had the um, the sexual assault allegations continuously um, by I, I forgot who there was this um, young there was another victim that came that came forward and was just like, yeah, look, or alleged victim. There was another victim that came forward again and gave out detailed uh, uh, detailed accusations against the football team and the organization and things of that nature. And she, and it's just like, listen, Congress is not happy with the NFL. Okay. Congress is not happy. You have Washington politicians, Washington DC politicians that are like, look, we want the reports that the NFL has on the Washington football team. We want them. We want them badly because we feel like I'm not quoting them directly, but I feel like they feel that they actually have something um, kind of egregious against the Washington football team here. Okay. They want to know what happens. There's been apparently detailed reports of abuse going on within that organization. Let me tell you something. Uh, it doesn't look good for Washington in the NFL if the government gets in. And uh, the government's already starting to kind of like, you know, they're, I mean, not even starting. They're kind of pissed off. They're pissed off because of the um, the allegations, among other things. They're pissed off because of the Brian Flores interview or the Brian Flores lawsuit. Like, there's a lot of ammunition that they can put out. Or not even put out, but that they can freaking get. Or not even get, but use against the um, against the NFL here. It's it's so frustrating to watch this stuff sometimes. It really is. But um, Tom Brady got exonerated. Maybe not in the public court of opinion because, especially not at ESPN because they don't really give a shit if they're wrong or right. They just want to put shit out. So Tom Brady, greatest football player of all time. I said it last week. I said the NFL is going to look back on how they treated Tom Brady or more specifically everybody else will. And the deflate gate thing will be like the biggest just scandal, the biggest like ball drop of the NFL's freaking career outside of obviously the Ray Rice abuse scandal where the the uh, the commissioner got a report that actually said that um that yeah um uh this guy is kind of a serial abuser of um his th- at that point in time fiance currently wife and mother of his child and I have to iterate they're married, and this happened way before he got married, and now he's like a self-help motivational speaker. Is he on social media? Why is he not in prison, too, by the way? God, what a fucking psychopath. Like, I remember I found his, um, what was it? God, I remember I found this, like, clip of him and his wife being interviewed by cbs mornings by the way why are they fucking interviewing this psychopath like they interviewed him who is this oh it was after the kareem hunt thing and gail king was just like i'm gonna go over to this psychopath's house and i'm gonna interview him and his psychopathic wife as well i'm like why I don't understand. Um, anyways, hopefully she's with him for the money because, uh, yikes. I don't understand why you would be with somebody that fucking knocks you out 
in an elevator and then impregnates you and then is supposed to be the father of um, your children. Hopefully he doesn't hit your kids the way that he hits you. Anyways, um, Deflategate. So Tom Brady gets exonerated late, not even late last week. It happened on Tuesday. This happened so long ago and nobody covers it. Nobody covers it. I was like super shocked because this exonerates him. If Mike, if what Mike Florio is saying is true. Now, um, I don't mean to be hypocritical here. I'm not the biggest Mike Florio fan. I'm not. I've constantly said, I don't trust him. I don't believe the majority of the things that he says and he reports on. Um, there's been a lot of reports on what he has. Um, there's been a lot of times where he reports on something that just does not end up to be true whatsoever at all. And um, I could get burned on this and I'm perfectly fine with getting burned on this. I don't think Tom Brady did anything wrong. Everybody with half a brain thinks that it's only fans that are foaming out the mouth that are like, Tom Brady Jader. that says that. And I'm just like, okay, um, you're not smart at all. But Oh my God. Once again, with the, and Roger Goodell, of course, gets asked a question of deflate gate yesterday. And he's just like, uh, you know, I haven't been asked a question of deflate gate uh, in like 10 years, even though the journalist that asked him was from the Boston globe. And he was just like, bro, I ask you a question about deflate gate literally every year. What are you talking about? God really pisses me off. But, um, the report came out, essentially what happened, and I'll kind of summarize what happened with you, with uh, with the flake gate, and then I'll also read off some of the stuff that he did, he details in the report, excuse me. Essentially what happened, Chris Mortensen of ESPN, he's like a journalist for them, he gets this email, right? Gets this email from this anonymous source. He gets it from the anonymous source. Saying like, hey, uh, 11 of 12 footballs, and this is a direct quote from the article, 11 of 12 footballs used by the New England Patriots offense during the game against the Colts were underinflated by at least two pounds each. Huh. Isn't that interesting? The information, of course, was... Eventually shown to be false. Mortensen took the bullet for it, never complaining or calling out a source. In fact, he clung to the discredited information for months before his original item at ESPN was, quote, clarified with an acknowledgement that the initial report was incorrect. So he literally doubled and tripled down on bad information. Great job, Chris Mortensen, by the way. The article then goes on to say, so who was his source? Per a source, I love how we're just not naming sources. Per a source with knowledge of the situation, uh, of the situation, excuse me, and as explained in Playmakers, this is his book that he's promoing, Mike Florio, by the way, the source for the notorious 11 of 12, 12 footballs report, 11 of 12 football report was NFL executive VP of football operations, Troy Vincent. Now, once again, Troy Vincent is the uh, is one of the many 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 people that is named in the 
Brian Flores lawsuit. He is con- he's one of the big head honchos at the NFL. Big, big, big boy. Okay. He was the original soy source and executive at the NFL. By the way, weird thing that happened during Roger Goodell's press conference when he was asked about where was the spot track like um, um, stats on the footballs. He was just like, I don't, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know where they are at all. And it's just like, you don't know where the information that would either clarify or, or excuse me, exonerate or, um, or damn Tom Brady. You don't know where that is. That's interesting. Isn't that ironic? You know, the only information that would be able to either completely just damn Tom Brady, send him to purgatory or exonerate him is just missing. It's funny how, or more specifically, you don't know where it is. It's funny how that works. Continuing forward. Regardless, the report from Mortensen immediately put the quarterback, Tom Brady, of course, on the defensive, setting the stage for Brady's incredible and definitely not credible press conference. Just, okay, I don't care, Mike Florio. Shut up. Blah, 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 blah. Beginning with the 2015 season, the NFL began conducting air pressure spot checks at halftime. This is the spot checks that they just supposedly don't know where they are the numbers were collected and protected with none of the information ever coming to light again they don't know where they are allegedly apparently according to roger dell goodell it was expected that given the operation of the ideal gas law i'm not going to read the the rest i'm just going to explain it essentially when it's cold outside footballs get de-inflated when it's warm outside footballs get when it's hot outside footballs get um um way more inflated or super inflated. I don't know what the term is. So essentially the theory um, on the night of the Colts game, the game that they tested the, uh, the footballs for the new England Patriots that night, the game, uh, the uh, on the game, excuse me, the footballs were de-inflated to a point that would essentially be backed up by the ideal gas law. The NFL didn't care. Um, Even though they had the numbers, Mike Florio essentially just, continuously goes on to say so what happened to those numbers again that would exonerate tom brady from the 2015 season per a source with knowledge of the situation and as reported in playmakers the nfl expunged the numbers it happened at the direct order per the source of nfl general counsel jeff pash no idea who that is why would the league delete the numbers? It's simple for cold days. And he goes on to explain ideal gas law. Continuing forward. Essentially, he just says Brady got screwed. While something fishy was indeed happening based on the text message exchanged by John, cannot say his last name, and Jen McNally, the NFL failed to catch them in the act. The NFL failed to catch them in the act because the measurements, uh, nobody cares, Mike Florio. Uh, the numbers harvested during the 2015 season corroborated this, which would provide a clear motivation to make those numbers go away for good. Essentially, what he was saying was that the NFL essentially made the numbers go bye-bye because um, they would have exonerated Tom Brady, which is exactly what Pash ordered. Again, the expunction of the numbers. During the drafting process of playmakers, I sent two 
uh, two separate NFL or excuse me, two separate emails to the NFL, giving them an opportunity to respond to both aspects of this report. The NFL did not reply to either. So that's fun. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. Just like Tom Brady exonerated on our charges. He is freed and cleared to go into retirement. It's funny how like this story came out uh, like a week after Tom Brady retired, by the way, like literally a week after, like the Tuesday of this week is when he is when uh, the story came out. And I was just like, huh, isn't that ironic? It's almost as if people were waiting to pull the trigger on the story a week after Tom Brady would have retired or not even a week after, excuse me, but after Tom Brady would have retired. It's only that works. Also, Kadarius Tony is apparently is apparently a under the radar candidate for a trade, and it's a article written by the Giants Wire. And the reason why it's written by the Giants Wire, I don't know why. But the Giants writer, uh, Wire wrote this article essentially saying, yeah, um, the Giants are screwed salary cap wise. And because they're screwed salary cap wise, they have to get rid of certain players, even though Kadarius Tony is on a rookie deal, which makes it like a non-issue. It's so weird, man. I'll read you this. Um, I'll read you essentially the article or part of the article. Um, after I figure out who wins the MVP, for some weird reason, Joe Burrow isn't up for it. It's Cooper. I get it. It's Cooper Cup. It's Tom Brady and it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, how's Joe Burrow not in this? It's got to be Aaron. It's got to be Aaron, right? Or Cooper. It's Aaron, right? Yeah, it's Aaron. I was like, hold on. I got to hear his speech. I got to hear what he's going to say. Hold on. Aaron is wearing a terrible suit, by the way. Hold on. What is he going to say? Hold on. Hold on. It's talking about Peyton Manning and how awesome Peyton Manning is. A shot of Dak Prescott, future MVP. Is he going to, he's not going to announce his retirement tonight. He's not going to do it. I want controversy, Aaron. Give me controversy. Hold on. Hold on. He's thanking Matt LaFleur now. He's not doing anything controversial, which I thought he was. I want to hear controversy. Now he's going into thanking his teammates. This is a very routine Hall of Fame, not Hall of Fame, MVP speech. They're getting a shot of Aaron Jones as Aaron Rodgers is thanking all of his teammates. I want controversy.
Hold on. He's probably not going to say or do anything controversial. Hold on. Wait. Oh, no. Never mind. Hold on. Hold on. That was actually a pretty classy MVP speech by Aaron Rodgers. I thought there was going to be some controversy. That was a nice that was a nice MVP speech. Debo looks awkward going to announce something. I, I don't really care. So going okay, so that's that's the essentially the end of the NFL honors thing. They're gonna have what is it? The uh the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, and then they're gonna go to sleep. Alright, so God. So Jeremy Fowler, who the fuck is Jeremy Fowler? Who is this guy? Who's Jeremy Fowler? I have no idea. Why is this an ESPN Plus article? I have to pay $6.99 a month to read an article that I feel like is overrated and overpaid. I'm like, I don't want to read this. But Jeremy Fowler is just like, okay, um, hold on. So, God. So, Jeremy Fowler, essentially, oh, my God, this is, I can't read this. Like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN reporter, reports that apparently Kadarius Tony isn't under the radar trade candidate for the Giants. Let's figure out his reasoning. Oh, my God. Here we go. Kadarius Kadarius Tony, wide receiver, New York Giants, signed through 2024. This is taken straight through the article that is behind a payroll, uh, behind a paywall. Jeremy Fowler's reasoning is he's cheap. This is directly from the article. He's cheap, entering second year of a rookie deal, and incredibly talented. But new GM Joe Sean Shine didn't draft him. Dave Gettleman did, so assessing his value doesn't hurt anything. He's either going to be the best receiver in the league or it completely won't work out, and I'm not sure there's much in between, an NFC coach said. He's electric with the ball, but there are still some character. There still are some concerns about focus and availability. What? Jeremy Fowler, whoever your source is, is fucking dumb. You didn't get that from a good head coach or good coach. Who did you get that from? What were Kadarius Tony's stats? Kadarius Tony had 30. How many games did he play in? Oh my God, he didn't play in any games. He kept playing in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Played in nine games. He had zero touchdowns. I feel like he should have probably had some more touchdowns. He had 39 receptions, 420 yards. He was playing hurt all season, by the way. How's he an under-the-radar trade target? He's a rookie. He was like one of their best receivers that they had. Their offense, when he was either hurt or when he was just not in the lineup, the Giants' offense was, I mean, it's it was terrible all year, but it was a ungodly amount of terrible without him as a football player. I don't understand it. I really don't. I really don't. 
And it's just like, if your reasoning is he's cheap, that's a reason to keep him, not trade or cut him. The reason why you would trade or cut him is if he's an expensive player. What's their cap at again? When I saw this article, I was just like, there's no way Kadarius Tony is actually like one of the people that they're actually considering. And then I was just like, oh, it's from a journal. Oh, it's from um, the Giants wire or whatever. I'm like, oh, my God, this is just dumb. Where are the Giants at again? Let me check this out. Give me like two seconds. How much cap? Oh, they're $11 million over the cap. He is one of many players that doesn't total in like the top 10. Why would you cut him? Like you could cut James Bradbury. You could cut um, uh, Blake Martinez is like your best linebacker. It depends on how you feel about Sterling Shepard. You could save $4 million. You could cut Kyle Rudolph, Devontae Booker, Riley Dixon. There's some cuts that you could make. Nick Gates, Julian Love. I have no idea who these two. Who is Julian Love? Is he a corner? I don't know who this guy is. Who is he? He's a safety? Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know who any of these players are on the Giants. I mean, Xavier McKinney, you would lose money. As, like, as the exact same thing with Aziz Ojolari. Like, some of these players, I, I'm, I'm just like, I don't get it. Great job to the Giants wire, by the way. Also, weird thing, and weirdly enough, right? I saw this today. Lewis Riddick. Or not today. This was like a couple of days ago. I saw this. Like, Lewis Riddick. ESPN guy, ESPN Monday Night Football broadcaster is apparently supposed to like um, interview with the Gi- not the Giants, with the Steelers for their GM position. When I heard that, I was just like, what? Why? He's terrible. I'm like, like what are you going to hire him off of? His... Is is ter- wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, 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 okay. I think I just got it. I'm so confused. I'm so, hold on. I'm so confused. Are people memeing right now? I'm so confused. Because it's like, I'm I'm like on Twitter right now. And it's like, people are telling, are saying like, he got the job, but also that he didn't get the job. I don't know if people are memeing or not. I can't tell. It's like, apparently it's like, what is it? Um, that Omar Khan will be promoted to the Steelers GM position. Thinks the next GM will be an internal, will be an internal promotion. And then it's just like, people are like memeing, I guess, about Lewis Riddick and how he may get it. I don't know. I think he's so, I like, look. I think Lewis Reddick is a terrible choice for GM. 
I think is a terrible choice. I don't know how you evaluate him, but it's just like, if not for his Monday night, you know, if, if you're not going to evaluate him off of like his Monday night football, you know, um, casting, I don't know what you're going to evaluate it off of, but I mean, he was absolutely terrible on Monday night for like the last two or three years. And then on top of that, for Christ's sake, man, I mean, every single time I hear him talk about football, it's like the most vanilla, boring thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. I don't understand it. I keep seeing like controversial reports. I would hate it for the Steelers if they get Lewis Riddick. I think he's a terrible evaluator of football, in my opinion. Or he's like as basic as they come. Looks like Andrew Whitworth won Walter Payton Man of the Year because they have just kept on going on, showing like stuff of him doing things off the field and on the field for like the last like seven, eight minutes. There's Russell Wilson on the field. Or not on the field, on the stage. How miserable did Russell Wilson look last year when he was at the Super Bowl? It looks like he was he's wearing the exact same thing that he wore last year, too. By the way, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, probably the coolest award ever. The NFL Honors Award is just, it's just terrible. Also, weirdly enough, because I guess the Super Bowl is literally like, you know, is literally in Los Angeles. Like the Los Angeles Rams are there. So like Cooper Cup won an award and now Andrew Whitworth won an award. So now he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. So instead of actually like, you know, doing something from doing something remote, they actually get to freaking be there tonight which is kind of cool is basketball on yeah it's thursday i'm like i'll watch him get the award and then i'll bounce god i'm actually gonna go to bed at like a reasonable time tonight i want to talk about some of the um the prospects that we're going to get into in about two weeks gonna talk about them then i'm gonna bounce and then tomorrow we'll talk about um, the Super Bowl, and then I won't cast on Saturday, and then I'll come back Sunday. So, I have the positions lined up, right? Because originally the NFL, I'm on the NFL um, Network's website, and I have all the positions, and I'll spend like, a, I haven't looked at this yet. I haven't like taken any notes, so if I'm like not on the up and up on certain things, I that's because I have not like actually looked at certain things. So I'm now like scrolling and looking and I'm like, Oh, I know that person. I know that person. I know that person. There's like a couple hundred names. So should we do like, I mean, there's a lot of names here. A lot of like, there's a lot of names. I'm like, I don't know if I should talk about all these players or uh, like looking at all these players. I'm like, should, should we do a live podcast? About the combine, yes, we probably will, but it won't be for like every single player here. Um, quarterbacks for the combine in a couple of weeks. Easily, the guy to look for is Malik Willis. He got an invite. He's going to be there. Um, Jack Cohn, I saw him play. 
I don't even know what bowl game he was playing out a couple of weeks ago. He's going to be there. Matt Corral, he's probably going to do nothing because he's been hurt. Sam Howell has had a really bad offseason. People keep on trying to shove down people's throats that he's like a first-round draft pick. He's not a first-round draft pick. He's somewhere between a second and a third rounder. Really, there's nothing that I've seen that would say to me that he's a second round draft pick or first rounder to me he's like a third rounder um Derek King Miami I've wanted him to have a good offseason um but he hasn't and really he's like a fourth fifth rounder probably Kenny Pickett quarterback out of Pittsburgh first rounder it's going to be interesting because the quarterbacks in this draft are actually going to have to try Desmond Ritter as well they're gonna have to try and the reason why they're gonna have to try is because none of them really are are really like top 10 players across all the boards on my boards they are on my board they are but like Kenny Pickett Malik Willis are actually going to have to go out there and like actually try and like actually go out there and run around and do all the stuff that everybody else has to do which is going to be kind of interesting because I mean there's times where you know quarterbacks are lined up to be the number one player and then they aren't However, or excuse me, they are the number one player and they don't have to do anything. And it's going to be really, really interesting because Malik Willis was great at the uh, the Senior Bowl. And then if he goes down there and if he crushes it at the Pro Bowl, or not the Pro Bowl, but at the Combine, his draft stock is probably going to go into the top 10. I'm already going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that. It's going to be like uh, like Trey Lance last year where Trey Lance just came out of nowhere and I didn't think he was a first-round draft pick, and he gets drafted number three overall. Doesn't mean that I'm not necessarily wrong. The 49ers, in my opinion, made a mistake, because especially because he didn't even play. And when he did play in the preseason and in the regular season, he was god-awful. But um, I'm very, very excited to see some of the uh, the quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong. I, I think Desmond Ritter is a second-round draft pick. I think he is. He did. He helped himself a little bit at the Senior Bowl, but not, not so much where I changed my mind about how, how much work he has to do accuracy wise, and um, uh, as a quarterback. But he did. He he did some nice things at the Senior Bowl. I've seen him play way too much to, to kind of to. I, I don't want to get honey potted with Desmond Ritter, but you know, I still like him as a player. I just don't think that he's as good as I want him to be. I don't think he's a first rounder. So I think he's like a second rounder, maybe third rounder. Anyways, let me take a look at the running backs. I want to see one guy on the list. Uh, Kenneth Walker. Or technically Kenny Walker. Running back out of Michigan State. He's going to be at the combine. He's probably the best running back in this year's draft. Um, by far and away, like it's not even close. Watch him at freaking, um, watch him at freaking, uh, MSU, Brian Robinson, Alabama running back was super, super awesome for them. Did not have a great, uh, senior bowl, probably because the offensive line wasn't very good. Rashad white out of Arizona state, uh, Zamir white as well. Running back out of Georgia. Kyrian, Kyron Williams, Notre Dame's running back was really, really nice this year as well. The running back out of Iowa State, Brees Hall, Jerome Ford as well. 
there's like a long list of names, so I may not get to like everyone. Who else is there? Isn't Ty Chandler supposed to be a good running back? I haven't watched him yet. James Cook. I do like James Cook. James Cook, Dalvin Cook's little brother. Hold on. Keegan Michael Kill is about to close out. Hold on. He's just saying, congrats, enjoy the game or whatever. I don't know. Um, anyway, sorry about that. Anyways, um, James Cook, the running back out of Georgia, I really, really like as like a receiving back. I mean, really, he could be another – he could just be a, a scat back. He, You know what? To be honest with you, there's times where I'm like, he doesn't run good enough as a running back, but he runs good enough routes where I'm just like, I – may replace him with I may like transition him to like a wide receiver like a slot guy maybe he's like super jittery he's got like he's got some wiggle to him like when I watch him I'm like could he be a could he be a wide receiver he's got the juice I, I do like James Cook as like a wide receiver but we'll see hopefully he gets like a shot at it I don't know if he will we'll kind of see Speaking of wide receivers, Calvin Austin out of Memphis apparently had a great senior bowl at, or he, I mean, he had a great senior bowl. Apparently I didn't really see anything in the senior bowl game and they usually, they, they didn't freaking do anything with him as a wide receiver, but I actually know he was like one of the more reliable targets for all three of the quarterbacks that were on his team, but he didn't do anything that like set the world on fire, you know? <clears throat> Uh, David Bell won't shut up about this guy. Really, really awesome wide out, uh, out of Purdue. I really, really love David, uh, Bell. I think he's a top 30 pick. I think he's a first rounder easily. He's going to be there. He, I don't know if, what he's going to run. Maybe four, four, maybe four five. I would be shocked. Slade Bolden, uh, the Alabama wide out, probably undrafted to be honest with you. I just. I don't see really anything that would tell me that he is like anything outside of a third, fourth round draft pick. I don't see like elite route running. I don't see great burst, great speed. Like he has good enough hands to bring in a ball, but like, like there's nothing that really stands out for me when I watch Slade Bolden, you know, he doesn't necessarily run like the best routes in my opinion. Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of uh, Arkansas, excuse me, torched Alabama. Yikes. Awesome wide receiver. Awesome player, 6'3". A lot of people see him going in the top three. I kind of went back and I watched him. Top 10, excuse me. Went back, watched him. I'm like, mm, that may happen. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State. Love him. He's one of my favorites. One of my favorite route runners as well. One of my favorite hands as well. Some of my favorite hands as well. I was about to say, where's Chris Olave? But they're doing it by last name and not first name. I always forget about that sometimes. Da, 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 da. John Mechie, wide receiver out of Alabama. I don't know if he's going to show up. He's hurt. And I don't even know if he should participate, to be honest with you. I feel like he should get into, um, not get into, but I feel like he should actually start preparing for the regular season uh, if he's capable and able because I think he may have torn something in his knee or something like that. And I'm just like, yeah, just 
don't even play. Don't don't go out there. Don't participate. Just go out there and stand around in sweatpants. You know, <laughs> you know. I'm like, you don't need to prove anything. Probably a first round draft pick. No, he's probably like a second rounder. His draft suck. Uh, probably a first rounder. If he didn't have his injury, but he kind of got overshadowed by Jamison Williams, another obvious wide receiver out of Alabama who just overshadowed him with 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. But John Mechie, he's probably uh, he's probably a second-round guy, second, third-round guy. Drake London, I said is like essentially a, another version of like Michael Pittman Jr., like a properly scouted version of Michael Pittman Jr., I think I'm right on that. Chris Olave, I mean, he's just doing everything. He's done everything to improve his draft stock, in my opinion. Uh, George Pickens, Alec Pierce, two guys on interesting teams. George Pickens tore his ACL in March of last year and really only came back for, like, the natty. He was really I, – I liked him when he played against Cincinnati, ironically enough. Last year, because I saw that game, and I was just like, oh, who's number one? I really, really like number one. I can't wait to see him next year. And then he tore his ACL, and then I was just like, oh, crap. But um, he's probably like a second-round, third-round guy, maybe fourth-rounder. He didn't play at all this year. Alec Pierce, I really, really like from Cincinnati. Look, you'll watch some quarterbacks play, and you'll, you'll, um, you're, you're going to be like, okay, who's, that, who's their number one wide receiver, right? Uh, for Desmond Ritter, it was Alec Pierce all year. He kind of looks like a tight end. He kind of does. He may be like 6'3". He's a big-ass person. And he runs good enough routes, and he's fast enough. He's got some wiggle. He's got some wiggle. I like Alec Pierce. I just saw Grayson Allen. I'm watching the Suns versus the uh, the Bucks. I just saw Grayson Allen go up and contest a um, – contest – I think his name is Michael Bridges or something like that, a Phoenix Sun player. And it's just like, whenever I see Grayson Allen do anything, I'm just like, how does he, how has he not gotten beaten up yet in the NFL? Or not in the NFL, but in the NBA or in college, to be honest with you. I get that, like, you can't fight, quote unquote, but there's certain things that you can do, you know, to players. You can be like, you know, you could, like, I don't, like, set a hard screen, something like that. I'm just saying. You know, legal things, by the way, not like illegal things. Like, you know, like things operating within the confines of the game. I don't understand why he hasn't gotten, like, beaten up yet. I, I, I don't understand it. Justin Ross, back to the draft. Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson. Eh, he's all right. He's all right. He didn't really do anything today, or not the today, but this year, to really, like, set him apart. He may be a late-round draft pick, to be honest with you. The guy that everybody won't shut up about is this guy named Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama, who everybody likes. I have not watched him at all yet, and I am super excited to watch him. But everybody keeps on saying he's like a second-round draft pick, and I'm like, we'll see. Jamison Williams, we already talked about him. Garrett Wilson, the absolute stud out of Ohio State. He's going to be there, and he'll probably run like a 4-4. I would be shocked if he runs like a 4-3. Shocked. The only tight end that I know of is Trey McBride. 
and I don't know who the other guy is. The other guy, Bowser, right? No, 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 no. That's the good tight end. But it's Trey McBride. He may be the best tight end in the, in the draft class. I was, like, rolling my eyes when they were like, this guy out of Colorado State is the best tight end in the NFL. I thought that it was going to be like a Quinn Mianarez situation where they just fall in love with a guy that doesn't deserve the hype at the Senior Bowl, and he played pretty well in practice, but they didn't really do anything with him in the game, and he's going to be a second-round draft pick, and if he probably went to a bigger school and if he had the, uh, the performance that he had, at uh, Colorado State, probably first-round draft pick. Probably. But, I mean, that was, like, so many ifs, buts, what ifs, this happened, and, like, just way too much stuff. It's just like, yeah, just like, uh, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Hold on. Who is – I keep getting this. Who is this? So confused. Oh, it's the gymnastics team. I was just like, I keep getting this like super hot girl like in my recommendations. And it's just like, and I was just like, why am I getting this in my recommendations? And then it was just like, oh, okay. Uh, there, it was like a promo for the gymnastics team for Alabama. I was, just, I was so confused. Sorry. Um, going back to the combine players. Offensive line. I'm guessing, yeah, so all the big boys are there. Charles Cross, it looks like. Um, Iki Aquanu. I think his name is Akeem Aquanu, but everybody just calls him Iki. Akeem Aquanu, Kenyon Green, Ed Ingram, who's like one of the better guards in the draft. Um, Tyler Linderbaum is there. So they got all the big boys, and they're all going to be able to compete and do their thing. There's There's a lot of big boys here i don't want to spend way too much time on this but i'll kind of get through this defensive line kingsley and Eggbar. is kvon thibodeau gonna be there and aiden hutchinson i doubt it oh no they are but they're probably not gonna do anything so aiden hutchinson is this edge rushers no this is just players in general demarvin leal is kind of an interesting player because everybody was telling me like he was going to be like one of the best offensive tackles in the draft. And I saw one game out of Alabama and I was just like, no, that's, um, it's not, uh, he's not as good as you think he is. Anyways. Um, David Ajabo. Yeah. All the big boys are going to be there. Linebackers. I really don't know anything besides Damone Clark. He's like the only – and N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean's going to be there. Yeah, I keep forgetting that this isn't like the Senior Bowl where people – where like a specific amount of people aren't going to be invited or whatever or aren't going to go and participate. DBs. I don't really care about kickers. Where's Bar Kick? The Yeah, he's there. Bar, Gabe Bar Kick, the kicker out of Oklahoma, he's going to be there. I don't know what he's going to be doing. Do they kick? I haven't seen the combine in like two years. I don't remember. Anyways, um, Jalen Amar Davis, corner out of Alabama, terrible. Weirdly enough, it's like you never, you very, very rarely see like a corner out of Alabama be bad, but he's not very good. 
Uh, Andrew Booth Jr., corner out of Clemson, awesome corner. In my opinion, he's like one of the best, and people are highly underrating him. Kobe Bryant, corner out of Cincinnati, awesome, awesome corner. Probably won't go anywhere in the first round, but probably like a nice second, third round grade. Uh, Kyra Alam, um, Florida's quarterback, who I really, really like, cannot tackle, worth a lick, but super, super sticky in coverage. Stays in phase a lot. Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner, Ahmed, Ahmad. I don't know how to say his first name. Or there's multiple enunciations for his first name. Uh, Ahmad Gardner, really, really awesome corner. Probably going to be the first corner off the board. Kyler Hamilton as well. Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan. Darian Kendrick, corner out of Georgia. Trent McDuffie, Washington's corner. I do not like him as much as other people do. Auburn's corner, Roger McQuarrie. He's one of my favorite corners in this next year's draft. Derek Stingley as well, the weird player out of LSU. I do not know what to make of him. Um, Who else is going? I'm into the end. This is like literally the end, and that's kind of the guys that I, that I know of. All right. I'm peacing out for tonight. I'll make my Super Bowl predictions tomorrow night. It probably won't be a surprise to the majority of people that have followed the podcast for the last month and a half throughout the playoffs. And then I will come back and um, on Sunday and we will finish off the regular season with the Super Bowl. All right. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. I was about to say Sunday, but I'm like, nope, got to got to have one more final podcast of the week. See you Sunday. 24th podcast.